0: So uh, last week, we shared 1 John uh, chapter 2, um, uh, where in, in uh, the latter part, um, it says, But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And uh, so we saw that in the New International Version. Uh, the message was uh, really awesome, and uh, I want to read that one more time. Uh, it says in the message, if anyone hears, uh, this is uh, John, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm jumping to another uh, <laughs> another book, I apologize. Uh, that was First John chapter 2 um, that I had read. Now I'm reading John chapter 12 in the message, trying to recap, and uh, I should probably slow down a bit so I can uh, allow everybody to actually understand what I'm saying today. Glory to God. So John chapter 12 um, in uh, verse Verse 47, in the message we begin, it says, "'If anyone hears what I am saying "'and doesn't take it seriously, I don't reject him. "'I didn't come to reject the world. "'I came to save the world, but you need to know "'that whoever puts me off refusing to take in "'what I am saying is willfully choosing rejection. "'The word, the word made flesh that I have spoken "'and that I am, that word and no other is the last word.'" I'm not making any of this up on my own. The Father who sent me gave me orders, told me what to say and how to say it. And I know exactly what his command produces, real and eternal life. That's all I have to say what the Father told me. I tell you. So Jesus, um, uh, being uh, the great prototype, if you will, that we are to uh, pattern our life after, Um, he's saying uh, that uh, I don't say or do anything that I don't see or hear the Father... Say or do. Okay, y'all with me on that? Uh, so this is our example. This is how we are to roll. This is, uh, the, the, should be the epitaph of our life. Our opus is to do only that which he told us to do and to conduct ourselves in a way that would be pleasing to the Father. God has a great plan. It's in his mind. It's in his heart. It was from the beginning of time. And so for us to realize that plan, we're going to have to put a value on the word of God and the authority of that word. And oftentimes, I think we, we generalize God's word, but you understand that from Genesis all the way to Revelation, that it's God breathed. It came out from him. And so uh, Holy Spirit will never direct you to do something uh, that is in conflict with God's word. In fact, Jesus said, "I must go and I'm sending another." And that meant someone just like myself, okay? And uh, of course, Jesus, he said, uh, he who has seen me has seen the Father. So so we know that these three are one. Uh, Holy Spirit though, he's going to come and he's going to communicate and reveal Jesus Christ to us, meaning his word because Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So then it says the word became flesh. So if Holy Spirit's going to show us something, uh, it's going to be something of the word of the living God. Isn't that right? revealing to us consistently, uh, placing a premium on the word, uh, a value, a high value, and allowing it uh, uh, to have its effect on us means that we read and look into the word differently. We approach it differently because it, it demands that we approach it in a certain kind of way uh, for sure uh, when we see First uh, John that we are approaching the word with intent to do the word. Isn't that right? Not that we checked off our devotional card for the day or that you just, you know, man, you sure know a lot of scriptures, man, you can quote the Bible, but can you live the Bible? Is the Bible uh, changing and altering you? It just blesses me to see people come into the kingdom of God and you see uh, uh, the evidence that there was a change. The person they used to be truly has died, and their life is now hidden with Christ and God. Woof, I'm a different person altogether. And then, and then uh, you know, there, typically there would be some uh, amazing and very noted change in a person's life when they come into the kingdom of God. Uh, but then there's those um, gradual growing in the Lord things that take place. Isn't that right? As you are changed and altered and, and get better at walking in love and forgiving. And treating people as you should. And, and, and you become less Selfish. God, help us. And Jesus said, I did not come into the world to be served. I came to serve. Amen. And so therefore, we are, uh, we are now connected to the same mandate. I am not here for you to, to see what you can do for me or what I can get from you. I am here to see what I can do for you and what I can get to you because we are all carriers of, of, of gifts, all carriers of a supply. We have something residing on the inside of us uh, that, that people need around us uh, that unless we realize what this uh, role we have is and connection to the Father through his word, then we will not realize fully what God has for us to do. But Jesus, you know, oftentimes, you know, we we see in these passages, uh, like in verse 50 of John in the the message says, and I know exactly what his command produces, real and eternal life. So Jesus is living out and walking out the commands of God. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, The Bible is the word of God, supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in valor, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, inspired in totality. Read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, and then pass it on. Truly. It is the word of God. Smith Wigglesworth. Raised, I forgot how many, 20 some people from the dead. I'm still working on my first. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so the word has to have its place in you where literally that, that, that is the first response out of you in every circumstance, in every situation is the word just comes out of you. Because why? Because you have uh, ingested it. Listen, the word of God is is powerful. It's, it's God himself. When you take in God's word, you're taking in God himself. Listen, when you take in God himself and you begin to walk this out, there is something that you carry around that literally no power or force uh, can stop you. You say, well, Pastor Andy, I believe I'm called to do this or that. Man, ingest the word of God because it is the word of God that will propel you into the purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. So we, we, we set aside, we set aside some time that we can get in God's word and we can read it, listen to it, understand it, speak it out when we hear it and declare it because it was written uh, so that it could be spoken. It was spoken so it could be written and written so it could be spoken. And so, so it, it's in our hearts, it's in our mouths, it's in our conduct. I can tell that you're a child of God because of how you live. Jesus says you'll know them by their fruit. There would be evidence hanging off of you. You can know when you walk by a lime tree, those bright yellow limes, they stick right out, don't they? Against the green. There was a a lemon tree over by my house, you know, when I lived over here off uh, Village Shore. And and I would drive by that. I'm like, my goodness, the thing was just loaded with lemons. Loaded with lemons. And uh, um, I accidentally found one of those one time and smelled it. I'm just kidding. I picked it off that tree, but anyway, so. <laughs> and it was so different than what you find at the store because it was vine ripened, and uh, and they're giant. They're just, and I'm smelling; they just oh my goodness, so pungent, just woo makes your mouth water. You know, praise the Lord. I mean, but but it's evident, man. And this is a this is a great fruit bearing. Lemon tree, praise the Lord. And so, so when, when he says that you'll know them this way, there should be a, extreme evidence. When you eat God's word and, and live God's word and conduct yourself, you will stand out and you will be recognized. And that's not why we do it, but it just is the truth. They will know you. Because when I drove by that, first of all, I saw the color and I'm like, oh, that. Is a lemon tree, <laughs> and just loaded branches bending, and 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 so so um, uh, the 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 lemons were actually so sweet. I didn't know. I thought lemons were just sour. But see, when you pick lemons green and gas them, they're sour. I'm sorry, Do you guys know that process. The ripe fruit in the store didn't get there on the vine, <laughs> and so and so. So we don't want to be some, you know, quick version that doesn't have the flavor, the color, the smell. We want the full-blown fruit-bearing life. Praise God. I'm from Washington state and, and apples grow over there and and uh, we I, you know when I we bought a farm when I was just 2 years old so they bought the farm there were apple trees already on the property they were gigantic and and they would just get loaded with apples we had uh, there are hundreds of kinds of apples by the way and not all of them are edible just so you know but but the ones we had were edible there was winter apples gravenstein apples there was crab apples there was all these different kinds of apples and we would we would go out there and they would uh, be on the the ground, because they get ripe, they fall off, and, and if you got it before the cow did, and in and, and different ways, you know, or the cow got to it in some way, but anyhow, we would get, we would just wipe those on our pants, and, and just eat them right up, glory to God, hallelujah, and we never even thought about it, but those were apple trees, you could tell apple trees, and then there were cherry trees, and uh, uh, we would know when the cherries were ripe, because the crows would show up, and uh, so oftentimes we wanted to eat them before the crows, so we'd eat those puppies when they weren't ripe yet, and that had an adverse yeah. <laughs> You can almost tell how long we were in the cherry tree by how long we were sitting, you know and uh, and so 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 but but man, I, I believe that God wants us to be fruit bearing where our 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 fruit is something that's, that's all developed and, and something people can enjoy. And so, so, valuing God's word and allowing ourselves to ingest the living uh, and powerful packages of the word, we take that in. And literally, Jesus, when he said, Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, he lost most of his disciples in that statement. They're like, oh, Okay, <laughs> this is a cult. He's talking about cannibalism now. We're out. And then Jesus invited the rest to go. I always thought that was interesting. Y'all want to go? You want to hit the road? And Peter said, where would we go? For you have the words of life. And Jesus is like, that's exactly what I was just talking about. Is eating the words of life. For they will produce in you everything that God intended to do. Praise God. There are businessmen, very successful businessmen, that are millionaires and have said that they place God's word higher than education. Some of those men will demand of their people that they have a habit of meditating in God's word. Praise God. Because it can do uh, nothing but benefit his company. Hallelujah. So we, the body of Christ, uh, we must step up our value and and understanding and have uh, developed in our life a, a habitual eating habit of God's word and living God's word. So I don't respond to you if you respond to me in a way that is negative or mean or or ugly. That word says something different about my response to you. That those who are mean to you or abuse you, bless them. How many of us think about that after we've cursed them? Or ran them off the road? Or give them some unchristian hand signal. (laughs) You choose various fingers for the one-way Jesus sign. (laughs) I will agree there's just not enough hand signals for driving in Las Vegas. (laughs) Not Christian ones anyway. (laughs) You get to like, that's about it. (laughs) But the word of God would have us respond differently. Isn't that right? That we would walk in love towards people. And this, I think that um, some of us have actually come to the place where we have decided this is just who I am. This is my personality. And uh, listen, anything that you are calling your personality that conflicts with God's word, God is trying to change. And God's word is the power to change to change us into the person, uh, uh, the the vehicle that God has uh, intended for us to be, the vessel of honor that he intended for us to be. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, there are people, I know for a fact, there are people that do this better than me, but I don't necessarily uh, leave it there that, well, they're just better at walking in love than I am. I can just tell you that right now, praise God, because this is how I am. Well, that's not how we are to be. It's I look to them and think, man, they are such a great example. I'm going to work on becoming like that. I see Christ in them. And I'm going to work at being like that. Because the Lord Jesus knows your flesh and your unrenewed mind. And that's not where he wants you to live. And people will say things like, God knows my heart. You know, the Lord knows my heart. He knows my heart. And they use that as an excuse to live any old kind of way. Come on now. <coughs> but if God's word has its effect in you, then your heart will be no different than your actions. Y'all you with me? And this is, Uh, The whole, you know, don't be conformed to this world. It's Romans 12, 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, So basically what that's saying is, is just like a butterfly. Used to be a worm. But had all the code and information on the inside of him. To become something beautiful. Something that lived on another plane because it, when it becomes what it's to be, it no longer crawls on its belly in the dust and dirt. It flies and sees differently and experiences differently. But in order for that to take place, there had to be a transformation, something that was already on the inside. All that beautiful information was on the inside. That 's metamorphosis, and that word transformed in Romans twelve two is actually uh, that same word metamorphu where we get the word metamorphosis, Amen. so we all are being changed or should be, and what happens is something comes out of the caterpillar, and that uh, that substance that comes out creates an atmosphere for change, and so we have something on the inside of us, we have that information and that life and that beautifulness inside of us. When we take God's word, the packages of life and power in him, himself, God, and we take that in and speak it out, and it creates the atmosphere for change. And in that uh, process of life and love and living uh, it is the atmosphere of the cocoon here in this place and in, in where we live and walk. That is the cocoon for change, if we are doing the right things, saying the right things, and then all of a sudden, uh, there comes that final thing where we break out of that cocoon and we are completely different, beautiful. Now you gotta understand this is not being born again. The caterpillar saved. He just don't look saved. And they're, they're fuzzy. I mean, of course, if you're a, a boy or a young boy, you think, oh, these are so cool, you know. If you're a girl, you might be going, "Ew!" Eh, you know. <laughs> but it has not realized it's true beauty. I have, um, I, God is amazing. I have butterflies on my wall in my office. And, and uh, the, the intricate detail of each one and how different they are. Even moths, there's some just absolutely gorgeous moths, you know. And uh, they, they've they all gone through this metamorphosis to become that. I don't have one worm displayed in my office, not one worm. And there are some cool-looking worms, but <laughs> I mean caterpillars. <laughs> and uh, yeah. But it's the beauty of those butterflies that I have displayed. Yellows, luminous blues, and greens, and blacks, and whites, and just tr- phenomenal detail. Oh, in this room are some amazing, beautiful, and amazing people. If we could see in the spirit, we could see such beauty. No, you know, hey, your carcass is all right. I'm just saying. That your beauty is not seen with the natural eye. And that your beauty is actually what comes from you, from God. And the scriptures say to, to women, you know, don't let your beauty um, come from the putting on of apparel, the braiding of your hair, you know. And of course, some... Different groups have said, okay, you can't braid your hair and you can't. I'm thinking, well, you're going to run on naked because it says don't let it be putting on of apparel. So it can't be talking about that. You can braid your hair. You can, in fact, please put on makeup. (laughs) Color your hair, whatever you want to do. Botox, you know. Whatever you think you want to do to make that puppy hang in there, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or not hang in there, whatever the case may be, you know. Do what you got to do. It's not, it's not saying don't do those things. Don't, don't wear earrings or don't do the, you know what I'm saying? It's just saying don't let your beauty come from there. Uh, but then it talks about an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. So, so basically, you know, and I'm not trying to point out uh, the ladies because literally all of us are to do these things. That we, as men, are to have our uh, strength come from in, not just from the gym. Yep. And, and, and so, so oftentimes it's misinterpreted that, uh, that a strong man is somebody with an attitude. Uh-huh. No, that's not true. <laughs> a strong man oftentimes can be very gentle yes. and still be stronger than a lot of people that are just noisy. And oftentimes, uh, the noise is a cover-up of insecurity, small thinking. So we just let God's word have its, uh, run its course in us and, and have its effect in us when we take it into ourselves and and then uh, speak it out and live this life. And I, I believe it's more than just saying some scriptures like a parrot. I believe it's saying and doing, saying and doing, reading and ingesting, saying and doing and living and acting differently than this world. I love to find people that are hurt and injured and wounded and mean and angry because I am the antidote I say I am he is in me and I bring to them the antidote and love them and they may treat me any, some kind of crazy way and I just smile praise God it freaks them out sometimes they never talk to me again because I responded in a way they did not know what to do with it. They went to regroup, never came back. It's so fun to love people. It is such a joy for me to to live this way that people can get the help they need to bring about the changes that they need to make in their life, to not live under the oppression of Satan anymore the misery of their past. And it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. The hurt, the bitterness, and the pain. We have the antidote. We are carriers of this life. And so when the the butterfly breaks out into its new existence, you just wonder, You know, so much of this is written in their code, you know. But it would be interesting to have the mind of a butterfly when it comes out and it's flying and going, whoa! (laughs) Because it used to be way down there. had no perspective of how things really were. And the more that we do this, the more that we become like he wants us to become, the more we actually see things as they truly are. So don't get stuck don't relax into your position because god wants to use you in such a mighty way praise god you can cover more ground when you fly <laughs> praise the lord and those those butterflies <laughs> are great nuisances to people with crops because when they get up in the air they start laying eggs and they start dropping off some more caterpillars. And uh, I had just a few tomato plants years ago, and, and uh, I didn't really realize that, you know, that the caterpillars just appear out of nowhere. And I came out to check, you know, the process, the progress, you know, of the tomatoes, and, and uh, I'm like, oh, my goodness, it was covered with these luminous green caterpillars. Now I had never seen any butterflies fly by but they dropped off their stuff at some point they had to have and here they were <laughs> chomping my tomato plant <laughs> and uh I never did Take the time to put them in a jar. You know, some people will let, let them become the butterfly and watch the process for their children. I didn't have patience for that. That's what our school does, huh, Mrs. Marcello? Yeah, they let the children see that amazing process. Praise God. But God has a plan for you. You gorgeous, amazing, and beautiful butterflies. Because we have a job to do in this day, and this hour, and the responsibility to walk in love towards this generation and to bring the help that it needs. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to share um, out of Luke, if you would please, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 47 through 49, this is the Amplified Classic. It says, For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will show you what he is like. So Jesus is about to show us what a person is like that does this. I think that's pretty cool, huh? I will show you what he is like. And then he says in verse 48. He is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. Notice how it says the rock, not a rock. So, so again, uh, this is a person who listens to his words in order to heed their teaching and does them. Everybody said he does them. Yes. So this is uh, the listening with intent to do, can you all say that? Listening with intent to do. So, so he's like the man who builds his house upon the rock. Everybody knows who the rock is, right? Who is who is it? Jesus, right? He is the rock. He said. Um, so he is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when a flood arose, the torrent broke against that house and could not shake or move it because it had been securely built and founded on a rock. When I was meditating on this and uh, uh, I, I thought about the statement he dug down, uh, this this would, I believe, um, have to do with us. Moving all of the other non essential things out of our life so as to get to the rock that is the immovable uh, thing that we would attach our life to. Otherwise, it won't go well for us. Isn't that right? And so we move those things out of the way, the debris, the loose things, the non-essential things uh, that literally, can you think about this? And I, I, I'm not talking necessarily about sin, okay? It could be, <laughs> you know, some of that stuff could be uh, all kinds of things, right? right. But, but just things that are not the rock. Distractions. Right. Cares. Cares. You name it, those things that we have to move out of the way to get to the rock and to, uh, uh, to attach ourselves to it in such a manner that we can't be moved one way or another off of it in any way. And so then we look at uh, verse 49, it says, but he who merely hears, he who merely hears. So, so everyone in the room this morning is hearing, correct? Correct? But only you would know if you're doing. Only you would know. To a certain degree, we may find out what you are founded on. When the storms come and what takes place as a result. Y'all with me? because you've moved everything else out of the way. You've attached yourself to the word and aren't movable. So he who merely hears and does not practice doing my words is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell and the breaking and ruin of that house was great. You didn't fall, you fall hard. (laughs) Praise God. And so God is is looking for us to move those distractions out of our life and to place a premium on the Word of God, a value, and to recognize the authority of God's Word and let it have its way and place in our life. We put God first, His Word first. We put these things uh, 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 higher than everything else in our life. And in in fact, it, it goes higher than everybody else. This is an interesting dynamic because here we are to put God first and no human beings before him, right? But then he empowers us and tells us to love all human beings. And literally, to love him correctly, then we're going to have to love each other correctly. But at no time will any of those people we're loving correctly become our God. And only the word can help us with this. Because the word will slay you when you act a mess, I'm telling you. Holy Spirit will deal with your heart. Boy, I know how this works. I've had this happen to me. We really think we're smart people, I'm telling you. Godly people. And then the Holy Spirit says something to you, you're like, "Uh, what? He said, he'll say things like, "You, you haven't been treating them as I've commanded you to treat them. I'm like, whoa. I told her I loved her when I married her. Now we have to tell people that we love them, not just our spouses. Isn't that right?